So it's two in the morning, and I'm sitting here writing notes from an email that I got from a client. And I got triggered into (laughs) recording this podcast because I think that there's a lot of confusion out there from the victim's perspective, mainly, as to who the abuser was in the relationship and who was a victim. And I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that when you're dealing with that tremendous amount of abuse, when you're being gaslit out of your own reality and everything about you is being questioned, you will come to a point where you will react very explosively. And in doing so, you will trigger a lot of shame and guilt and walk away from those interactions feeling like you're the abusive party. Hello, welcome back. And if you're new here, this is the healing power of trauma where we talk about narcissistic abuse and recovery. And I am your host, Brenda Savala, and I'm a trauma-informed coach specializing in narcissistic abuse and recovery. So I wanted to talk about this because, like I said, I was super triggered. This email took me back to being in that relationship and reacting very poorly, mainly to being gaslit and the silent treatments. Because I think that those two manipulative tactics that my ex-partner employed to torture me were the ones that triggered my inner child the most. And in return triggered the most dysregulated, erratic responses that were so out of character for me. They trigger so much shame and guilt that's taken me almost 16 months, 16 months to recover from. One six, not six zero. Oh. And I think that that's because since my reactions were so loud, so painful, and so emotional to anyone looking from the outside, and I looked pathological. And so not only did I have my abusive partner telling me that I was abusive, pathological, and narcissistic, but I was also being abused by proxy and her toxic enablers didn't hold back and making me feel like I was the abusive party. And so it took me back to an exercise that my therapist had me do. And I hope that if you're listening and you're experiencing this, you find you find this useful. My therapist used to have me take a piece of paper out and write down on that piece of paper all of the ways in which my life had changed in a negative way since engaging with my narcissistic partner. And then grab another piece of paper and write down the ways that her life had changed since being in a relationship with me. And so on my side of the paper, I wrote things like cognitive decline, memory loss, hospital visit, long QT, hair loss, weight loss, 5150s, disability, alopecia, boy, did that one hurt, PTSD, anxiety, depression, my youngest actually being a 5150 suffering from anxiety because of all of this, all of the financial burdens, the smear campaigns, dealing not only with her abuse, but abuse by proxy from her friends, her children, and anyone really who was around her. Because narcissists not only like to make you their punching bag, but they 
kind of give permission to other people to treat you just as shitty as they treat you. And so on the other side of the paper, I sat down and I wrote down the ways that I thought her life had changed. And surprisingly, there weren't very many. And I say surprisingly because she had made me feel like her life had changed so bad, so severely because I had been a part of it. But then when I look back and see the things that I wrote, I realized that she was just falling into a pattern of behavior and historically had honestly repeated the same relationship over and over and over and over and over. When I met her, she was struggling financially. And when I left, she was in the same spot. When I met her, she had a history of quote unquote toxic and abusive relationship. I mean, really a history of failed marriages and relationships. And when I left, I just, I was just added to the queue. I think that during our relationship, she lost about two to three jobs. And that seemed to have been a pattern for her. She moved around quite often, a few times when she was with me. But that seemed to also be a pattern for her. And speaking about the way that she expressed herself about her ex-partners, I seemed to fall into the same category. The narrative was the same. I was abusive, just like they were abusive, not only to her, but to her children. I had drained her financially, just like the ones previous had, when in all actuality, it was the other way around. There was this group of lesbians that always seemed to come to her rescue at the end of every relationship. And not surprising enough she had found another crew of lesbians who were more than willing to come to her rescue this time around too and when i looked on my history i'd been married once had been able to work at least three jobs at a time had been a single mother for almost a decade sustained myself lived in one place i didn't have a history of abusive relationships and before her my life was relatively stable aside from you know recovering from childhood trauma but the aftermath was horrific. And then of course, like narcissists tend to do, shortly after completing that exercise with my therapist, of course she got into another relationship in which she seemed to be recreating our relationship. Same photo, same Facebook posts, declaring that she loved that person a little too fast, moving in a little too soon, and then ending that relationship and claiming herself to be a victim again, while I have been single for the last 16 months trying to recover. So it didn't become clear to me right away who the victim and who the abusive party was. It actually took a year and a half because while I sat here with the guilt and shame over the way that I had reacted to her abuse, she was very calmly going on with her life, partying and drinking and doing all the wonderful things that I wish I'd been doing. <laughs> And so it seemed to me that, that, you know, I was abusive. Her life just seemed to get better after me until it didn't. And then, of course, there was a narrative by her toxic friends, who, by the way, I'm going to make a podcast about that. And I'm going to cover how narcissists like to surround themselves with two types of people. The very sympathetic people who are going to try to jump in and rescue them from themselves and believe all of their BS stories that they've been abused in the past, and those who are just as narcissistic, morally corrupt, or bankrupt, I should say, with ambiguous morals, who join in the fun and abuse the victim just as hard as a narcissist. But let's, we're going to leave that to another day. Let's go back to our topic today. And so I started taking this psychology class, Abnormal Psychology, and in it I was reading that abnormality in psychology is defined as 
any set or patterns of behavior that affect the individual negatively and those around them. And how particularly devastating the aftermath for those being abused is after engaging with a narcissist. And I think it's something that I wasn't aware of until I read that book, The Body Keeps a Score. How much of that trauma your body holds on to and in the very many ways that it shows up in your life on a daily basis while the narcissist goes on unscathed. <laughs> and so like putting all of that stuff together after a year and a half really helped heal me from the enormous burden that I've been carrying on my shoulders, constantly feeling guilty and ashamed for the ways in which I had responded to her abuse. And so back to that exercise. So after I did that exercise where I, you know, wrote down the negative ways in which my life had changed and the very many ways that her life had honestly been the same before and after me, and then reading about all of the ways in which your brain changes and how damaging it is to your health and all the medical issues that arise from narcissistic abuse, it became painfully clear to me who the victim was and who the abuser was in that relationship. And I say painfully because I don't consider myself to be a victim. I know very well, and I have admitted to this in the past, that walking into that relationship, I had a lot of toxic traits that I needed to heal from. There was a lot of inner child work that I had to do along with shadow work because I was carrying 34 years of cultural toxicity and shame for the way that I was raised. And so basically what I'm saying is I was no angel. In a way, I feel that this relationship helped me punish myself for the toxic ways that I would act because when I didn't know better and I wasn't aware that I was basically a bunch of triggers walking around. I really felt very undeserving of love. And so many times I was very reactive from a very emotional place and absolutely carried a lot of shame for that. And it honestly didn't help that for the very many times that I apologized to her for my behavior, she never came back with at least one apology. And so like I talked about in my previous podcast, an apology is an admission of guilt. And so if I'm constantly having to apologize and not hearing an apology back, it really does something to you. It really does trigger you to believe that there's really something wrong with you. And the fact that she lacked accountability and would use my apologies to solidify her victim mentality and the narrative that supports the narrative that she tells herself really didn't help my cause because she would take every apology and run with it. And my apologies became proof to her that I was the abusive person in the relationship. And I believed her. And then as I looked around and saw how nobody in her circle, even though they never met me, seemed to like me, and how her kids went from liking me to hating me so severely after witnessing the disorganized way in which I had attached myself to their mother, I really did start feeling like I was a monster. And so that exercise really helped me in very many ways to at least to start seeing things clearly, to stop romanticizing the relationship and to stop projecting qualities onto her that she didn't possess. And with that came acceptance. 
And with this acceptance came resignation. And resignation broke the rose-colored glasses or lenses that I was seeing her through. And then anger kicked in. And with anger, healing began. Because after I was able to see things for what they really were, and I accepted all of it, I was able to start moving forward. But it only took 16 months for that. Because recovering from narcissistic abuse, unfortunately, is very slow and painful. Because you have to deconstruct the narrative that they had about you and that you believed and kind of sort of start peeling away all of those titles. Because after leaving her, of course, I had a lot of titles. I was pathological, abusive, narcissistic. And so making that list really helped me strip myself from all of that. It helped me see and recognize that I wasn't narcissistic. Then again, it also took a therapist to tell me that. That I wasn't abusive, I was simply reacting to an enormous amount of bullshit and manipulative tactics that she employed to abuse me. And that I wasn't pathological, actually. I was simply gaslit out of my reality. I want to invite you to do the same exercise and to be very objective about it. Approach it with a lot of curiosity and compassion for yourself. Forgive yourself for all the many ways you allowed the other person to abuse you. And also forgive yourself for the very many ways in which we reacted very poorly to that. And forgive yourself for the ways that you hurt them. Because they really do feel hurt, don't they? So much so that you actually believe it. So release yourself of that shame and that guilt and start seeing things for what they really were. You were in a pathological relationship with someone who lacked accountability, who never loved you, had no compassion for you treated you with a lot of cruelty, whose moves were very calculated. A person that not only abused you, but made you a target to be abused by everyone in their close circle, including their family and friends. You were collateral damage to their illness, but also I want you to know that your life also changed in a lot of positive ways. Because after you do that exercise, I want you to do another exercise. I want you to grab another piece of paper and I want you to write down all of the ways in which that relationship helped you heal, helped you grow, helped you see the things about you and you that needed healing and that needed protection. The things about you that you were running away from because they became your mirror. I know that my life is a lot better now than it ever was, honestly. Because healing from this relationship triggered a lot of childhood trauma. A lot of things came to the surface and I was able to start healing and shifting the way I perceived myself for the better. I was able to heal my inner child, start working on my triggers, do a ton of shadow work, found the root for all my toxic behaviors. And as painful as it was, I was able to go back and see exactly when those triggers were born and make peace with my past. I think I became a better person. I'm still empathetic, but I know how to draw boundaries. I don't react from an emotional place anymore because now I understand that the way people treat me and the way that they react to me is only a projection of how they feel inside. And so I'm able to approach them from a place of curiosity and compassion without judgment or judgment for myself. 
and be able to have those difficult conversations without losing a sense of who I am and always staying true to who I am at my core. I mean, damn, you have no idea how good it feels to be able to just stand there and not absorb or internalize everything that is said to you or the way people move around you. To just stand there <laughs> and instead of judgment, asking myself, who hurt you so severely that the pain and shame that you carry spills over and touches everyone in your life? I don't ruminate anymore on the past, and I'm not nervous about the future. I live in the here and now, and the only time I look back, really, is when I'm reminded of how much I love that person, only to remind myself that the person that I fell in love with doesn't exist. But you know who does? That little girl, my inner child. And when I do look back sometimes now, is to look at her to thank her for being so brave for getting me through everything that she got me through with the very little tools that she had and to let her know that i got her and that she doesn't have to be so reactive anymore because i'm healing us and so that was a nice contrast to the previous exercise and i actually do have that piece of paper and i look at it every now and then to remind myself that a lot of positive things can come from adversity and a lot of positive things did come from my connection to that person and I don't look at her the same way that I used to. I don't judge her anymore for anything that she did. I don't judge her for her behavior. I actually look back on her with a lot of compassion and a lot of love because you can never unlove someone you loved once and it's gonna take me a long time <laughs> To not feel that for her and i also look back on her with hope because if i was able to sit here and heal all of that trauma gives me hope that she may also at some point take healing seriously and maybe go to therapy and be intentional about it and not gaslight her therapist and actually be honest and raw and vulnerable so that she may find healing. My hope is that all her narcissistic traits, all of them, find a place to rest. That she finds a little place in her heart where that little girl is pleading for her to help her and that she looks at that little girl with compassion and begins the arduous work to heal her because i don't genuinely believe that she's suffering from narcissistic personality disorder she just has a lot of narcissistic traits that I think are coming from a lot of shame, which in turn keeps her from holding herself accountable for the shitty things that she's done. But my hope is that she will find healing, she will find peace, she will find love, because we only have one life to live. And I can only hope that the rest of hers is just as peaceful, just as healing, and just as meaningful as mine is right now. And if she ever listens to this, I want her to know 
that I forgive her and that I hope that she forgives me for the ways that I reacted very poorly to the war that waged inside of her because that war inside of her was the beginning of my salvation and for that I will forever be grateful and for the rest of you listening I hope that you find healing as well that you forgive yourselves and that you stop judging yourself so severely for the ways that you reacted and the coping strategies that you adapted while surviving trauma. I hope you join me next time. And until then, be kind to yourself.